Warning, this podcast contains disturbing material. Hi, I'm Vicki Aldis, a reporter with the Mail Tribune. Those of us who cover crime at the newspaper usually have at least one case we can't forget. Most of the time, the cases that keep us up at night involve kids. If we as reporters have such a tough time dealing with these cases, how do the detectives and prosecutors who work on these types of crimes full-time handle it? And do they ever reach a point where it's just too much? My coworker Ryan File and I went out to talk to detectives and prosecutors about the emotional toll of the job, the cases they can't forget, and what they wish the public knew about perpetrators and child victims. Terry Smith Norton has been prosecuting child victim cases for almost 15 years. She works for the Jackson County District Attorney's Office. A case she can't get out of her mind involves a baby. In 2015, P.D. Ray Hanthorn was alone babysitting his girlfriend's one-year-old nephew. He said the baby fell off a bed during a diaper change. But Terry thought the baby's injuries told a different story. The baby was bitten, the baby was strangled, he had fractures, he was bruised basically on every part of his body. The baby even had bruises inside his ears. He suffered broken ribs, bleeding in his brain, and damaged retinas. The baby was life-flighted to a hospital in Portland. He suffered a stroke from his injuries. Um, that case will, will probably stay with me forever. Um, just have never seen a child that young beaten that so bad so badly and it's it, it just affected me pretty deeply seeing the pictures um, I spent a lot of time talking with the foster mom and and hearing about you know how the child was developing and the medical appointments and the problems so I don't think I'm likely to ever forget that case during her closing argument in Petey Henthorne's trial Terry described the full extent of the baby's injuries. She showed pictures. I mean, we're human. I, I mean, I think you try to be professional and present the case. Um, these are the facts. These are my arguments. But you, know, you have that case, and I, that case in particular made me emotional. Um, I remember having to pause in my closing because I was starting to tear up. It's. You know, you try to control it, but again, we're human, so. And, and I think the jury knows that too. And I remember looking at the jurors and there were several several jurors who had tears in their eyes as well. It's, it's hard for any person to hear that kind of information and, and not have some kind of human emotional reaction to it. The first time she tried the case, it ended in a mistrial. Jurors couldn't agree whether Petey Henthorne was guilty or not guilty. The defense argued a boy living in the house with known anger problems might have hurt the baby. Problem was, the boy wasn't home when the baby was injured. Only Petey Henthorne was there. Terry tried again. The second jury found Petey Henthorne guilty. He was sentenced to seven and a half years in prison. Detective Diane Sandler works for the Medford Police Department. She's been working on crimes involving children for the past 13 years. Detective Sandler said the hardest cases often involve kids who are the same age as her kids. In one case, a man had murdered a woman, then killed himself. Detective Sandler went to a local elementary school to find the woman's daughter. And so 
I went and found that little one and I interviewed her regarding what had just happened. I'm asking her if there was any, if she had witnessed any domestic violence and those types of things. And at the very end of that forensic interview, she said, is my mom dead? And she was the same age as my oldest daughter. And I instantly thought, you know, wow, I'm gonna change this girl's life forever with this information that I'm going to give her. And what would my child say if she were sitting in that spot, learning that her mom had been shot and killed that day? Um, so that case still sticks with me. So how do prosecutors and detectives deal with the stress and emotions that come with the job? Terry Smith Norton says prosecutors, detectives, and others are part of a close-knit team in the community that works on child victims' cases. There's the Jackson County District Attorney's Office, multiple law enforcement agencies, and a really special place in Medford called the Children's Advocacy Center, where kids are interviewed and can get services to help them out. Terry says these are the people who understand the tough nature of these cases. I, I think the best thing to do that, that I've realized is really to talk things through with others who do your work. Just kind of sit down and decompress and go over the things, talk about cases that you have in common. It's nice to have that understanding and we won't scar each other because we all know what we're dealing with. But it's just nice to kind of get that off your chest with others. And we work um, pretty closely with the same group of detectives and folks at the Advocacy Center. So there's a nice group of, of peers who understand what we're dealing with. And, and I think that's probably most helpful. It's also nice to, to be able to sort of, if you can, leave it at the office. I'm not very good at that still. Um, so it's nice to, to have other things that you do like exercise or things that kind of take your mind away from what you're seeing at work. Terry says talking about her work to people who don't understand can be worse than not talking at all. I think most people don't want to discuss. I, I learned that as a soccer mom. I think I probably scarred many other <laughs> soccer moms. It's, oh, what did you do this week? And I'll launch into, well, I had this case. And they're, they get horrified looks on their face, and I realize, oops, I you know really can't talk about my work with other people. So um, it's probably best to, to just talk about it with people you're very close to or people who understand the work, I think. Other people really don't want to hear. I think they want to believe that this stuff doesn't happen, and it doesn't happen very much, and it certainly doesn't happen that often in their community. I think it just makes people feel better. And when you start talking about it, it sort of bursts that bubble and, and makes them think about things that they'd just rather not think about. It may be evolving, but I think people like to think that it doesn't happen that often um, in their community, that it's something they don't really need to think about or focus on all the time. Um, I had a neighbor, we had an issue in my neighborhood where our bus stop was happened to be in the driveway of a, a registered sex offender which the school district then found out and moved the, the bus stop area. And I had a neighbor say to me that she wasn't certainly going to talk about that with her children because she didn't want them to know anything about it, which shocked me because my reaction was the opposite. It's like, I need to explain to my children that that person is not safe, that house is not safe, and, and let them know that that's something they need to be aware of. So I, 
I think it's prevalent, but I think people don't like to, to think about it or believe that that's the case. Zori Cook is the other prosecutor at the Jackson County DA's office who works full-time on cases involving child victims. She also has a tough time talking with outsiders about her job. My team is great, and the support we have for each other is wonderful. I think, echoing Terry, there's a misconception in the community about what we do. Some people think they want to hear about it, and then you can stop a party in its tracks when they ask you. You know, I don't know if Terry does this, but they'll say, what do you do for work? Oh, I work at the county. Oh, in what department? I work at the DA's office. Oh, okay, so you're an attorney. Uh, what's your caseload? And as soon as you say child abuse, I'm going to go stand in the corner and not talk to you anymore. Um, but people don't under, understand the prevalence of it, I would say. There's another reason detectives and prosecutors have a hard time talking to outsiders about their work. On the job, they have to be calm and patient as they're building a case. Sure, they might vent to coworkers behind closed doors. The prosecutors might make a passionate argument during a trial, but Detective Diane Sandler says losing control of her emotions in front of kids and suspects can hurt a case. So I learned very early on in this caseload that you have to treat everybody with respect and a sense of calm. Because if you escalate, if you get crazy, the case gets crazy. And so that starts with my first contact with a victim. I let the victim know that I believe them. I think that's huge because a child needs to be told you're believed. Now, does that mean that I believe every single tiny piece of what they said? Maybe not. I mean, that's what the investigation does. I have to sort through those details and make sure that they're accurate. Um, but the, it starts with the child and then goes through the witnesses. If I make a mother feel like she's the non-protective parent, um, rather than the non-offending parent, that's not going to help my case. That's going to set her across from me in this um, very adversarial relationship. And that's not what I want. And when it comes down to then usually the last person that I interview would be the suspect in a case. I know that if I treat that person with respect and they're still a human being, if I can give them that dignity while they sit there explaining the crimes that they've committed to me, that's a win. Because with that confession, the case is much less likely to go to trial or to put the victim through additional trauma that they just don't need. I've learned very early on that it's not to my benefit to get angry and or to get sad in an interview with a suspect. So when I make contact with that suspect, I know that I have to remain very professional and oftentimes tell a person, I understand you love this person, you aren't trying to hurt them. Because ultimately my goal is to get that confession that holds them accountable for their criminal behavior. So I know that if I go in there and I'm angry, 
Jurors don't like to see angry cops, the old good cop, bad cop of the, you know, 20 years ago. That doesn't work anymore. That doesn't play out well. It doesn't play out well at trial, and it doesn't play out well in investigations. Detective Jason Penn works for the Jackson County Sheriff's Office. He says he can't change what happened to a kid, but he can help put a stop to future abuse. Detective Penn is relatively new to the child victim caseload, but he says the tools he learned as a police officer apply to detective work. So first of all, you've been a police officer forever, you know, for a, a number of years, and there's all kinds of situations that will irritate you and um, make you angry, people calling you all kinds of names, people not cooperating with an investigation, people standing in your way during an investigation, and that's just, you know, day one on training, right? And so um, at this point, I think, uh, I can speak for myself, I have a pretty thick skin, and my goal is not to, if I keep my eye on the prize, right, what's my goal in this investigation is get a, put together a, a good enough case for the prosecutor to, to successfully prosecute it. Um, emotions really aren't allowed to come into play, right? And like I said earlier, whatever happened, happened. I can't fix that. What I can do is fix going forward. Um, so if I let emotions get in the way of doing an, a good thorough investigation, uh, it's going to hamper what my end goal is, which is a successful uh, prosecution. So um, no matter how I feel about a suspect, no matter how I feel about what they've done, no matter how I feel about um, how, who they've done it to, I'm going to try to get the best case so I'm going to try my best for a confession. I'm going to try my best for evidence that would prove beyond a reasonable doubt. I'm going to try to do my best to find evidence that will just prove the case um, enough for the prosecutor to initiate a prosecution. So for me, emotions really don't come into... Um, now, I do have my feelings about things, but I'm not going to show them. They're not part of my... Uh, they're not in my toolkit, I guess, for the investigation purpose. And so I don't really have a whole lot of emotions about the case at work unless I'm talking to uh, somebody who knows about it or somebody, my my boss, who can listen to me vent for a minute. Those, those are where the emotions come, excuse me, can come out. Even with detectives and prosecutors working to control their emotions, the caseload can become overwhelming. Terry Smith Norton, the prosecutor, started working on child abuse cases in 1999, but she had to take a break in 2004. She returned to child victim cases in 2009. Um, when I first did my first tour on child abuse, I had a house full of young children, little girls, and um, over time, it just started to affect me at home. Um, it was just very stressful as far as letting my children do things, trusting them to go to daycare. And I didn't really realize that, but my husband was nice enough to point that out to me <laughs> repeatedly that it was starting to affect me. Detective Diane Sandler has stuck with it, but she says her job has changed how she parents her own kids. Well, I don't trust anybody. So that includes the bus drivers, the teachers. I, <laughs> I get names and dates of birth of everybody that comes in contact with my own children. 
Um, I think as the years have gone by, it has become harder as my children have developed into teenagers because a lot of the kids that they attend school with, I've interviewed in one capacity or another. Um, most of the kids I've interviewed as victims and this particular caseload carries a very strong stigma. And so much different than in my past caseload, um, I, I worked for um, a, drug, a drug caseload. And when you see people that you've arrested for having narcotics years later, they thank you. They say, thank you for saving my life. If you hadn't arrested me that day, God only knows where I would be. With a child sex crime caseload, that's very different. It can be very embarrassing and people don't want to come up to you when you're outside of this job. So um, seeing kids that I've delved into the innermost secrets of their families and I have my daughters coming home saying, hey, can we go to a sleepover tonight at so-and-so's house? That's not going to happen, you know? So um, probably changed me uh, to become more protective parent. And um, like I said, I've never really uh, trusted people easily. Uh, they haven't, they have to earn my trust. Detective Steve Bowen has years of child victim cases under his belt. He's with the Jackson County Sheriff's Office. Most of the time he's so busy investigating cases, he doesn't let the emotions sink in. But seeing injured kids up close takes a toll. Some include children who've been burned with scalding hot water by parents who lose their tempers. Detective Bowen sees those kids at the hospital. There's times where your emotions get overloaded and you're like, for, you know, you put water in a bucket for after a while it's going to overfill. Well, you just put another case, another case, and after a while your, your bucket's getting full. And there's times where you, when your bucket's full, you got to make sure that you, you got you to take that, that time to step away. Not like in the middle of the, of the heart when it's, everything's important, but I think for me it's just, there's days where you just got to get away and just like, I can't deal with this right now, I just can't. When he reaches that point, Detective Bowen says he takes a short break. I may take a minute to just go like, hey, I need to go get a, uh, a coffee or something. It just decompress for a minute or go talk to somebody, make sure my coworkers are doing okay because of the stress. Because you're like at that moment, I mean, I love my job, but there are moments to where I hate my job. I'll be honest with you, I really hate my job days. Majority of the days, I love my job. But there's days where I've driven right away from the hospital going, I'm never doing this again. I'm done. And then as you finish the case, you know, you're able to take a minute to step away and just gather your thoughts and put it together and move on. You're able to move on and keep, keep doing what you're doing. In his lowest moments, Detective Bowen says thinking about what the kids have gone through keeps him going. I feel like it's too much of an important job to walk away from. Yes, I might have that time where like, you know what, I can't deal with this. And I'm like, I got it. I'm like, I'm done. Screw it. I'm moving on. Not doing this ever case again. And then as I'm putting things together, you think to yourself, well, you know what, I'm not the one that had to sit there and have to deal with that. I'm not the one with the flesh burnt coming off my hands or because I got burnt or whatever. And 
you just keep moving on. But I don't know if there's one case out there that would make me just be done. I'm sure there's that case out there that'll finally, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I have to move on, but I don't know when that would be or if that'll even happen. I don't know. Both Detective Bowen and Detective Penn said they initially weren't interested in working on the child cases for the Special Victims Unit at the Sheriff's Office. They wanted to work the high-profile homicide and robbery cases. But when a person is murdered, it's too late to help that victim. Detective Steve Bowen says he can help put a stop to child physical and sexual abuse. Without someone stepping in, a child could become a victim again and again and again. Kids need a protector. Detective Jason Penn said stopping the abuse and helping kids is the rewarding part of the job. I wasn't really drawn towards um, the special victims initially. Um, I thought, just like Steve when he started, how um, chasing the, the robberies and the homicides was kind of where I wanted to go. Um, however, when you see the, the number of cases come through the sheriff's office and just the, the need for um, investigators that are willing to do that caseload, um, I couldn't help but be pulled into it because um, just for the sheer need of it. And then once you, once I got my, through my first couple cases, um, I actually really enjoyed working with the families, getting to know uh, the families. Detective Penn says he can't imagine a scenario that would make him quit the child victim caseload. It, I thought maybe, well maybe if it happened to my own kids or uh, something terrible happened and I just was too, um, you know, emotionally invested in something. But I don't even know anymore that that would stop. I don't think that that would stop me. I don't, um, you know, these things happen. There's no real rhyme or reason or there's no way to really um, explain why these things happen or how they happen. It, but I know that I'm at least capable of helping fix it, if not uh, uh, moving forward. I think that I'm pretty good at my job. I think that I'm um, up to the task, and so I don't know that I'd be able to walk away from it. And maybe there is that pivotal moment, but um, I just can't foresee... Uh, just stopping these cases. There's just too much, too much to do and too few people doing it. So um, I'm not going to stop. Terry Smith Norton, the prosecutor, has her moments when she thinks about quitting. I mean, some days I go home and I think I have the best job in the world. Other days I go home and think, oh my gosh, I, I don't know that I can continue to do this. It's really hard for me. Uh, especially if I have a trial and I lose, that is probably the lowest for me um, because you watch the perpetrator, he's emboldened, um, the, his supporters are, and, and you know, you, you try to explain to the victim, you know, look, it may not be because they didn't believe you. It may be because they thought we didn't have enough evidence or we didn't present it well, but, you know, it's, it's still a, a hard message to deliver to a child. It's like, sorry, 
you know, it wasn't guilty. And uh, I'm getting better. I, it used to depress me for weeks. Um, I'm a little better now, but it, it's still something you carry with you. And I, I guess I've had to learn not to, you know, I second guess every single decision I made. You know, I should have said this instead of that. And that would have made the difference. But, you know, that's how our jury system works. Sometimes it's guilty and sometimes it's not guilty. And I, I think that's the hard part of this caseload. If you have the drug caseload, if you lose a possession of controlled substance, oh, well, you'll see the person next week or a week from from that date or a month. I mean, you have another bite at the apple. But with these cases, um, they have such an impact on the victim and they're so important. And you also realize that if it's a not guilty, that person's going back out into the community. And, and that's a really hard thing to deal with. Detective Diane Sandler has seen some prosecutors and detectives stick with the child victim cases for years. Others decide it's not for them. She can't help but feel worried for people when they first start out on the caseload. Yeah, it's tough because you need people to work these cases and work them well. I have been very honest with parents that have come to me saying, I want my daughter to experience a law enforcement career, or my child has shown interest in law enforcement. And I don't know that I might not be the best person to talk to about that because I want to let them know that there are things that you will never be able to unsee. There are things, and you just have to have a certain personality type to be able to deal with that vicarious trauma because it exists. You will see horrific things that you will need to be able to process and say, okay, that is over here. And I need to keep pushing forward for the good of the cause. So, you know, I do tell people I'm fairly honest. I don't give them specifics of the job. But I tell them that there are things that they will never be able to unsee or unhear. And if they feel that that's something that they're passionate about or something that they could do, then go forward. Because we need good people in those positions. For Detective Sandler, a girl she can't forget keeps her going when the job gets tough. When kids are interviewed by investigators, they're asked what made the physical or sexual abuse stop, if it has stopped. And we get a wide variety of answers, but hers sticks out to me because she said, you're knock at the door. And it truly was. Her father was actually having sex with her when I knocked at her door to find out if she was okay. And so that kind of case keeps me going. You know, he that particular perpetrator confessed. He was held accountable. He's serving a life sentence in prison. Um, and she was able to move forward. But my knock at the door is what changed the dynamics of the situation that she was in. And that is one of the things that's able for, you know, for me to be able to say, okay, I can do this job. In episode two, detectives and prosecutors talk about working with kids and how those kids inspire and surprise them.